You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Psalm chapter number 19 and verse 1, and it simply says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. The heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. I want to preach to us this morning for the next little bit this thought, sermons in the sky, sermons in the sky. The heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. Would you put your Bibles down? Let's ask God to have his way this morning in this house. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the blessing of your love and mercy here today. I ask right now in these next few moments that you would anoint my mind and my lips, God, as we declare the Word of God. I pray that our hearts would be open to receive your ministering spirit in the house today. In Jesus' name, God, we pray. And we give you the praise and the glory. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord today? Hallelujah, Lord. We magnify your name this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Tell somebody there's a sermon in the sky for you this morning. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. The heavens declare the glory of God. What a statement. What a statement. The heavens declare the glory of God. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. The psalmist actually writes that there is a message, a word, a declaration that goes forth from the heavens, and that declaration is declaring God's glory, the glory of the Lord. Now, the other night we were leaving church, and I walked out, maybe I think it was a week ago, I think it was last Sunday night, we walked out, and... uh, when I went outside, uh, my wife and I were the last ones to, to walk out of the building. I looked into the parking lot, and uh, I mentioned this the other day, Wednesday night, I, and I looked over, and I saw Brother Kendall, and he was out there with the Carroll family, and he had his phone raised. Do you have that app on your phone? Did you get what I sent you to, by the way? No, not yet. Okay. So you have that app on your phone. Come pull it up here. See, let's see if it'll work. And he was standing in the parking lot, and he was uh, just showing, holding his phone up, and they were looking at the sky. So you can turn that around, and you can show that to them, what, what's there. And uh, if you can see that far away, you probably can't. It just looks like a little a black box. But, but that actually on there is, 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 what, is that the Sky Guide app? Sky Guide app. And it is showing the constellations. It's showing different things, different... Uh, uh, things that are up there in the sky, and it's quite interesting because you can even point it down to the ground, and it will show you the stars that are beneath the earth that are yet to rise on the horizon. And he was standing out there, and he was showing it, and, and I smiled because I was proud because my nerdiness has rubbed off on <laughs> Brother Kendall. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for him, but nonetheless, it is what it is. 
And so he was out there looking at the Sky Guide, and uh, I, I don't know, it was a year or two ago, we, we, we got in the car after a Wednesday night, drove about an hour out, and uh, took some good binoculars, and, and uh, we watched a meteor shower. It was, it was quite an interesting thing. Wednesday night, we walk out of church after Bible study, again, one of the last people, and we get out there, and Janelle sees this bright um, dot in the sky. Man, that plane is not moving. And, uh, and, and uh, that plane ended up being Mars. It, I don't know if you paid attention Wednesday night. It was very, very bright. You could see, with the naked eye, you could see Mars, Jupiter, Venus. Those are, those are the more common ones. Uh, here, right here in, in the Metro East, in the city, with all the lights, you can still see that. And so, I, I think it's pretty cool. If you haven't downloaded that, I don't know, does it cost anything to download that? $20? $3. Oh, wow. That's, that's a lot better. And uh, you can go out and look, and it's very cool. Now, on there, you can search for satellites, right? You can search for constellations. You can, search, you can watch the International Space Station, and you type in, and it tells you where to look, and it'll, it'll rotate around. Satellites pass over, what, about 20 minutes, and they're, they cross through, uh, across over there, and you can look at different satellites that are, that are uh, spying on you, and you can watch them as they go across it. And uh, so it's really cool. But one of the things that we look at is constellations. Now, my wife is much better at this than me. I, I can, I'm about past the Big Dipper. I get lost. But she's always flying Orion's belt and all these other things up there. And once she points it out, oh, yeah, that, that's what that is. And that, that makes sense. The stars have lost their meaning to us in modernity because in, uh, um, you're going to help me preach today, right? Are you ready? Did you get it? Okay, all right. So he's going to help me. You can just have a seat right there. And, um, <clears throat> he didn't know he was doing this today, but he's, he's going to help me out. The stars in their constellations, they have been studied by man for, throughout antiquity, all the way back, as far as we can know, probably about 3000 BC. The Babylonians are, 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 are some of the first people that really documented everything. Um, before them, of course, they were... Uh, 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 from the, the Sumerans uh, there in, in the plains of Sumer. And, and they also would, would pay attention to the heavens. And, and perhaps even more than that, they would worship the stars. Now, they may have not have worshipped the stars uh, in every dynamic, but they definitely paid attention to them. In fact, some would understand that the Tower of Babel was one of these towers where it was tied into what we today would call astrology. And, of course, the, the stars are pretty awesome. We today, with modern illumination, don't pay attention to it. But, but that's not been very long that we've had that, and the stars would chart the course. It was, before the advent of technology, there actually was GPS that you never were home, uh, left home without, and it was the stars. And people could look at it, and they could chart their way, and they knew all of these things. But, but God, in his infinite creative power, sets it all in place for us, and he gives it to us for, for seasons for us to know. And, of course, the affecting and the rotation of the universe and, and our solar system impacts our seasons. And God made all of this for us. But man has an, a, a way of taking what God intends and twisting it. 
And here's what I love about Psalm chapter number 19 because he, he sets the record straight. And when David is writing this psalm, he is very aware, acutely aware to the way that other civilizations and cultures and societies and, and theologies and doctrines view the heavens. And David says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And what man had done and has done and is still doing today is man is taking the stars and the heavens and, and even the constellations and the zodiacs and instead of letting them declare the glory of God, hear me, they use them to declare the glory of man. Still happens today. Now, sometimes we'll say things like, you know, I thank my lucky stars and all this stuff. And, and we don't mean anything by that. But the meaning behind those phrases has an ideology that is hinging upon the stars. In fact, people say, well, I'm this or you're this or, 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 or she's that or he's that. And what they're saying is an ancient, ancient concept that, that men would look at and use to dictate futures and to define persons and who they are. Well, I was born here, so therefore this is my strength and this is my weakness and this is who I am and you were born here on this day and this time and this is who you are and it defines who you are. And, and man totally did, disregarded the concept of God and who God was and what God could do. And David makes a bold statement when he says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Not man's glory, not who we are, but they declare the glory of God. Can I tell you, you are more than the sum of the day and the year and the month that you were born. And I've got good news as a gospel preacher, amen, that your weakness is made perfect in his strength. You are not defined. You are not limited. The heavens are not defining you. The heavens are declaring the glory of God. So, so go with me for a little bit. Now, if you don't have the Star Guide app on your phone, $3, folks, Life's too short not to spend $3. It's awful fun. But what if, what if, instead of the sky guide that lets us see the constellations that man has identified, what if we could take that little mechanical piece of technology and we could turn it into not just something that's charting the sky, but something that could translate the message the sermons of the sky, the heavens declare the glory of God. Now, now stay with me. I'm in the book here. The heavens declare the glory of God. So David said there is a message. There is a declaration that is going on in the heavens. Well, David, what did you see? What did you see? Well, sometimes we need some help. We need some help. So let, let's see if we can just... Brother Kendall, let's see how wonderful you are, and we'll see if we can translate this from a sky guide app to maybe a spiritual guide, and we could see what the heavens are saying. What, what are the heavens declaring to us today? Can you give me, well, you need a microphone here. You, you need a microphone. Where's the microphone? Here we go. Can you give me a sermon from the sky? Now, you got to hold it up. You're going to have to look around here a little bit here. And when you find it, 
We're waiting. There is no one and nothing greater than God. All right. So this is what? Sermon number one? Sermon number one. Sermon number one. There's no one and nothing greater than God. You say, wait a minute. Now, you got that? You got that from that phone looking up in the sky? Yes. Put that back up there. Is it there? There is there no, is one. no one and nothing greater than the sky. Psalm chapter number 8. Somebody go to Psalm chapter number 8, and I think we're going to see the sermon in the sky here today. Psalm chapter number 8. In fact, our children were just singing about it here a little bit. And here's what the psalmist says in chapter number 8, verse number 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? That thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him. Jesus knows me, this I love. What is man that thou art mindful? I am nothing. I am no one. I don't know about you, but when I look up in the heavens and I, I can find a dark sight, I can't help but see how great and how mighty and how awesome and how majestic the great I am is. In fact, he's not just a God, he's the God. He's the only God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the, He's the creator of the universe. How can I walk into the presence of an almighty God and think that I am something? No, I come in in humility knowing I am nothing. What is man that thou art mindful of him? I am nothing. He is everything. But here's the good news. Jesus knows me. This I love. Jesus loves me. This I know. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. I got a message in the sky here today that's declaring the glory of God. Is this not what David said? When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, I am nothing. You know what he was saying? Here I am standing on terra firma. I am held down by an, an unknowable force that we have labeled gravity. Science still cannot explain gravity. I am held in one position while yet this earth is rotating at a thousand miles per hour. We don't know how it's happening, but the Word of God says it's held together by His wisdom. That it is by Him and through Him and in Him that we live and have our being. He is everything. I am nothing. But yet God loves me. God cares for me. God knows me. With that, I don't know how I can come in and deny God. I can't deny God. I can't defy God. I cannot fool myself into thinking that I can do this on my own. What did I say? The heavens declare the glory of God. Not your glory, not my glory, not your intellect, not my intellect, not my ability, but it declares the glory of God. 
it's right that we come into the house of God on a Sunday morning and we sing his praise and we magnify him and we lift him up even if for no other reason just that he brought us to another day this is the day which the Lord hath made I will rejoice and be glad in it hallelujah the heavens declare the glory of God not your glory the glory of God not your ability the glory of God I got good news for you that means that if the God who's all-knowing, who's omnipresent, who's omniscience, the God that fills all time, matter, and space, the God that is above everything, the God that is absolute in every way, the God that is transcendent, if He created you and He created me, we are not an accident. Your life is not an accident. You may feel worthless at times, but your life is not an accident. The God that is above time knew what you would face and what you would deal with. And if you're dealing with it, then that means he's already made a way to bring you through and to bring you out and to take you over. Hallelujah. The heavens declare the glory of God. So I'm not looking at the stars. I'm not getting up in the morning and saying, well, what's today have? What does today have? What, what does my life say? I'm not looking at my signs. I'm not looking at those things. I'm looking at the heavens, and I'm seeing the glory of God. What we need to do is stop waiting on the horoscope and start getting on the one who threw the stars into space and say, God, I'm not limited by what's up here, but I know that you're above and beyond all of that, and you can do the work in our life. Do I have any testimonies in the house of God today? Has anybody been in a hard place that seemed impossible, but the Lord came down and the Lord saved you and the Lord blessed you and the Lord touched you? Folks, we should not be here today. You look around this room, we should not be joined together today, but we are brought together from all over the world, from many different places, and we are sewn together by a thread, amen, of the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ that redeemed us, that saved us, that picked us up, and that is the glory of God. The glory of God. One of the greatest tragedies today that we see as an epidemic is the onslaught of suicide it's not new to just our millennia or our era or our generation in fact there's times in antiquity where it may have even been great but as the enemy proclaims his greatest lie suicide is the devil's lie that your life is worthless that your life is nothing that you can take control and take charge of your life that you can end all of the pain, that you can end all of the hurt. Can I tell you, the pain and the hurt never goes away except in the presence of the Almighty God. The pain and the hurt, you can't run and can't escape it. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I have a hope that if I keep on keeping on, that if I keep on trusting in Him, that someday there will be no more pain, that there will be no more sorrow, that there will be no more tears. So let me speak to the woman that lays her head on the pillow at night and cries her life to sleep. The heavens declare the glory of God. And you were meant for greater than this. God has a purpose and a plan in your life. Don't fall prey to the things of this world and the lies of this world. Sermons in the sky. Sermons in the sky. 
Why are you preaching to us about sermons in the sky, preacher? Why? Because you will forget my name. You may forget my face. Life may take you on. But someday when you're wandering at your lowest, I want you to walk out and look up into the sky. And I want you to see not what man interprets in his own ability, but the heavens declare the glory of God. Brother Kendall, you got another sermon for us? Take that app out. Let's find something else dawning on the horizon there. Finding something else over here. Here he goes. He's got it. All right. All right. The mercy of God is never ending. The mercy. This is from the heavens. The mercy of God is never ending. You say, wait a minute. You got that from the sky? Yes, I got that from the sky. I wasn't the first one to get it from the sky. Let's go to Psalm chapter number 103. And here we have the wonderful message of grace and mercy where the psalmist writes. And here David again says here in verse 11. He says, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Come on, anybody need mercy in your life? Come on, we're not, we're not just, we're, we're, we're looking up here and we're seeing something else now today in the sky. The heavens are high above the earth. And so great is his mercy toward those that fear him. Go to the next verse. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I got news to the doctrine of astrology. You can change. You can be changed. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God doesn't love us just the way we are to leave us just as we are. He loves us where we're at so that he can change us and make of us something glorious in his kingdom. Look at what he says. I, I like it. He's got it. For as the heaven is high. Go back to verse 11. Is high above the earth. You know what? It's high. How high is high? Anybody ever thought about that? How high is high? That's pretty high. It's immeasurable high. It's immeasurable. He didn't put a measure on it. As high as the heaven is above the earth. As the heaven is high above the earth. So great. Now I'm not adding to this, folks. I'm not making this up. This is a sermon in the sky. You want to know how great the mercy of God is? It's as high as the heaven is above the sky. Anybody need mercy this morning? Anybody need grace? I need mercy in my life. I need it. You ever feel like, God, I've done too much, and now maybe I'm beyond the mercy of God. Maybe I'm beyond the grace of God. Maybe, maybe you think somebody else is beyond the mercy of God. This is what the psalmist said, that there is an everlasting sermon preaching from the sky that says you cannot exhaust the mercy of God. That's why I have hope for every backslider. You're never too far gone. You're never too far out of reach. You're never beyond redemption. You're never beyond the miracle of God's grace. Because there's a sermon every night that's preaching the mercy of God is greater and farther than you could ever go. If you go out to the loop over on the west part of the town and you go out there and you're walking down, what is that, Delmar? I think it is. You walk down Delmar. They have 
uh, uh, the, uh, the solar system in, uh, uh, anybody know what I'm talking about? The planets uh, uh, by, by so many inches or feet from downtown is like the center. I think the sun is down there. And I don't know what are the planets. There's some planets that are out there. And, and uh, when you get out there, it'll say, okay, it has a sign. And it'll say, if the sun is downtown and every inch is so many light years, you have just now at this point, miles west, have reached this planet, Earth, or whatever it is that's out there. Just to give you a little expanse of how big the solar system is. It's quite a cool thing. If you've never taken your kids down there, it's pretty cool to see. Okay, here's the sun. Now, if this was the, and you go there, and wow, that's pretty, it helps us put it into a, a, a comprehension of how vast it is. Now, I don't know if David knew all the scientific details. And I've shared this with you before. I don't know if he knew that, but David had the concept that as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy. Now let's just examine for a moment what David told us was the greatness of the mercy of God. If you were to travel from here today into outer space at the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second... If you were to travel at the speed of light, it would take you over 1.3 seconds, only 1.3 seconds to reach the moon. It would take you eight minutes, if you wanted to go to the sun, to reach the sun at 186,000 miles per second. If you wanted to go to the planet Jupiter, it would take you 45 minutes at the speed of light. But if you just wanted to span our solar system with its planets and our sun, if you just wanted to go from one end to the other at 186,000 miles per second, it would take you 11 hours to get from one end of our solar system to the next end of our solar system. But if you want to go to the next neighboring sun, the next closest sun at 186,000 miles per second. Scientists tell us that it would take you over 1,500 years to reach the next sun. And by the way, they say that there are billions and billions of galaxies in the observable universe, not counting that which we cannot observe. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is the mercy of God. His mercy and his grace, amen, is without ending. I don't know about you, but that gives me a whole lot of hope. Come on. That gives me a whole lot of faith. I haven't been the way I needed to be this week or, I, or this year hasn't been the best year for me or, or whatever. Does that mean I lost out? No, that means you can come back boldly to the throne room of grace and obtain mercy. Somebody thank the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Show us another sermon in the sky, Brother Kendall. Sermon number three. And here it is. God knows the details of your life, and God cares what happens to you. God knows the details of your life. Personalize that. God knows the details of your life. And God 
cares about you. Too often we fall prey for the lie. Well, of course God's going to answer the preacher's prayer. Or, brother, sister, so-and-so, you know, I know God's taking care of them. But maybe God's forgotten about me. Maybe God's forgotten about some things that are going on in my life. No, here's what the psalmist says in 147. In verse 3, he says this, that God healeth the broken in heart. And hold on just a moment. He bindeth up their wounds. Sometimes you're so broken and you're so wounded that it's easier to have faith for God to do a miracle in somebody else than it is to have faith that God would do it for me. We come to church and we pray readily for someone else and we believe that God's going to answer their prayer. But we're slow to bring our petition before the Lord because we're so wounded, we're so broken, we're so hurt. And the psalmist knew that there are times in life where the realities of life go so deep that we are resigned to live with it because it's just, it's just my lot. It's just what I deserve. It's just what I am. And he said, no, God binds the wounds and he heals the broken. And to give us an illustration, a reminder, a daily, constant, everlasting reminder. He said, I'm going to give you a sermon from the sky. That you'll never forget that God knows every detail of your life. Every tear that you cry. Every moment of loneliness and betrayal and hurt and frustration. And a, and a reminder that I am here as God to touch your life. And here's what he says in the very next verse. He says, he telleth the number of the stars. And he calleth them all by their names. Billions of galaxies that we do not know about. And yet God says, I know every star and I know every detail and I have named them. There's not a step that you take. There's not a thought that you have that God is not there and God does not know about. He knows the details of your life. He knows your past and he knows your present. He knows your hangups and he knows your hiccups and he knows your, your, your weaknesses. He knows the temptations. He knows the frustrations. He knows all of those things that we hold on to and we tell nobody else things that spouses don't even discover and don't even find out. God knows. He knows every little moment, every little thing, every little sin, every little thought. To prove it, he says he knows the number of the stars and he calls them by their names. I pulled out the Sky app the other night. We were there and I think, I, I, I don't know, maybe Sister Jarita, we were, maybe Wednesday night we were looking and we were, I was trying to find out if that plane was really standing still or if it was Mars and it was Mars. And I asked them, have you ever seen Hercules cluster? And they said, No. Nobody sees Hercules cluster because you can't see it without help. 
And so I typed it in. I looked it up on the Sky Guide app and I pulled it up. And Wednesday night as we were standing out there, it was right about here in the sky. Of course, nothing. It's too bright, too cloudy. It's too, too much atmosphere. You couldn't see it. But I've seen it. I've seen the Hercules cluster a couple years ago. I was in Connecticut and, and I've got a good friend who's a much bigger nerd than I am. And he has the largest telescope, the largest reflecting telescope. I've, I think I may have told you about this. The largest reflecting telescope in the state of Connecticut. To put that in perspective, there's this little tiny college called Yale in the state of Connecticut. And Shane's telescope is bigger than theirs. That's how big it is. He had, he had his telescope before the one he had now. He had his mini barn. The roof, sl he had it on tracks. It would slide back and you could see. I mean, it was like, it's, but this thing's like more than my car now. We had the ladder. We were out there and we climbed up on the ladder and I looked and he's got it all hooked up. And of course, he has his iPad and he can move it around. It's telling you everything that you're looking at. Climbed up on the top of the ladder. Janelle was there and she, she saw it too. We climbed up on the top of the ladder and we looked in and the first thing we saw was Saturn, the rings around Saturn. I've never, I'd never seen it before other than pictures, but, but now I'm looking at it and, and you know the Lapierres, you're, you're good friends with Diane and, and the rings around Saturn were so vivid, like there it was, this is actually it, I'm looking at it and of course you have to move the telescope because, because the stars are moving and you're looking long enough and, and it almost goes out of view and you have to follow along with it. Then we saw the the wild duck cluster, which I had never seen that before. And then he said, okay, I'm going to show you the Herculean cluster. And I looked at the Herculean cluster through there, and I, I'm, I'm looking at it, and, and there it is. It's a messy mass of stars. You see the Herculean cluster, and if you've never seen it, you've got you've to find, if you can observe it through a good, like, home telescope or binoculars, it, it's just one star. But the Herculean cluster is over 200 galaxies that fall in line some 500 billion or, or million light years away. 200 galaxies that come together and shine down as one star. One star. And in one star, there are 200 galaxies. I saw it, and there you could see the, the messiness of it. If you, with the Hubble telescope and some of the others, if you Google it, you can see the, the broader mess of that. 200, not, we're not talking solar systems. We're talking galaxies. We are in the Milky Way. That's our galaxy. And the Herculean cluster is 200 galaxies. And the psalmist says that God counts the number of the stars. And he calls every one of them by name. You're telling me God doesn't know where you're at? You're telling me God doesn't know what's going on? I'm telling you God knows where you're at. He knows every detail of your life. And the same God that says, I can bind your wounds and I can heal you. He's also the one that flung everything in this place. He's also the great I am. The one that can heal you. The one that can change you. The one that can save you. And there's a sermon in the sky that came down this morning. And it'll be there tomorrow. And it'll be there tonight to let you know that your only hope and your only trust is in God. And don't quit and don't give up because God's still working out His plan. And His mercy is everlasting.
God wants to reach down into your heart today. Stand together with me. I don't know about you. This is just me. Maybe it was Brother Sleva was here about a month ago. Jim Sleva. Man of God's been a missionary. Came back in 1987. I was seven years old. He was there the day I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He loved the outdoors. He, he got me out loving camping and hiking and all of those things. And I've had some pretty awesome prayer meetings with Brother Sleva and others just out underneath the stars. I love church. I love the church experience. I'm glad Luca likes church. Luca loves to worship. He loves church. He loves preaching and all that stuff. But sometimes where I feel the closest to God or I feel the most knit to the presence of the Lord and the Word of God, just out in the wilderness. If you ever get out in the wilderness, you're walking down a little bit, all of a sudden the sun starts setting and the skies start lighting up. There it is. Wow, wow, wow. You, you somehow can't help but walk out of there saying, everything's going to be all right. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't, I don't know, but I know his mercy's everlasting. I know that he knows the end from the beginning. And here I am having this anxiety running around on this little rat wheel trying to live my life while God's saying, I know all the details. And I got them all worked out. His grace is here for you today. His healing's here for you today. His deliverance is here for you today. His reassurance is here today. His peace is here. His joy is here. Would you bow your head with me this morning? God in Jesus.